0: Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel Q&A. My name's Doug. Next week's sequel, The Next Karate Kid. Yes, we're closing out the franchise. All we have left is the second one. And I am so pumped for you to listen to my interview with Ned, actor Michael Cavalieri. Man, Michael is such a great guy, such great energy. And maybe it's because I'm from New Jersey. He's from New York. Maybe that's why we had the connection. But. Such a great guy. So, of course, we talked the next Karate Kid growing up in New York City, how he started acting. One of my favorite movies growing up. You're going to hear a lot about it during our conversation. And that's Showdown, a Karate movie starring Billy Blanks, Michael, Christine Taylor, next month's guest, Patrick Kilpatrick. And then we talked about Michael's other cards. But one thing we really talked about is a new movie that he actually did everything for. It's called Ritenato the Movie. Uh, that's the website, Movie.com. It's about him visiting his ancestor's hometown in Italy. So he did a really character-driven movie about it. We talk about it a lot during the interview. I'm going to put the link to the movie. It's going to premiere on May 8th. And I'll also put the Instagram page on there as well, just so you can check all that out. And j- before I start the interview, if this is the first time you're here, thank you for giving us a shot. We have a lot of fun, a lot of great interviews, a lot of great movie discussions. So subscribe, so you don't miss out on anything else, and also follow us on all social media at Sequels Only. I'm going to shut up. And now, here is actor Michael Cavalieri.
1: Doug, what's happening, brother?
0: What's up, man? How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you very much. Nice to see you.
0: Nice to see you, man. This is so cool. It's so funny, like, if people look up and down the movies you're in, like Last Man Standing, you know, uh, Next Karate Kid, which I'm sure with the hype of like Cobra Kai, how huge it is. People are like going back, rediscovering this movie that has a ton of people in it when you really think about it. But I knew you, we'll get into like how you got started and everything and where you grew up. But I just have to mention this right off the top was Showdown was like a movie that was, I don't know if it was UPN or where did you grow up? I grew up in New York, in the Bronx. Why so mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sweet. I'm a Jersey guy. So, so you know what I'm about to say? Like UPN, uh, WPIX. It was one of those movies that was on every, it seemed like every Saturday. Cause I saw really? so many times as a kid. Come on. I never knew that. Yeah. It was on one of those channels, but I just always remember that movie because it was, they didn't even like hide it. They said it in the movie that they were like mocking Karate Kid. Well, you know what's funny? I mean, is,
1: are we on? Uh, oh, I, we're I, on. It's not live. I re—I edited this out, so we sound good. Okay, so, so honestly, when I went for that audition, Doug, it was funny yeah. because they wanted me for the lead character. They kept bringing me back, right? And uh, it was a funny story. I, I never knew. I, I didn't know that played on UPN at all. Yeah, one I, of
0: those local – because we had cable back in the day, but, like, it was either – it was on the illegal black box that my dad got, or it was, <laughs> but I remember it being on either nine or 11. Like I remember watching it on like those, which they don't even show anymore on those channels, like those Saturday afternoon movies. And I remember seeing that right. so many times because right. it seemed like right around that time that I was watching it is when Billy blanks, like the fitness craze happened.
1: And right. like, dude, that's Billy blanks. Right. Because what happened was like, I was saying, I had auditioned for it, and they kept bringing me back, bringing me back for the lead character, da, da, da. And it was a funny story. I grabbed the actor. In the, in the middle of the audition, the guy directed it was from Best of the Best, Robert Radler. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was great. I forget the, the producer's name. He was really great, too. He worked with Joel Silver later on. But Alan, Alan, I forget his last name. Anyway, I was in the audition, and I was doing my audition, and, and I, they started to laugh. And I was just really like I, – I, I was just really like – edgy actor that just you know my mom was very sick and i had a lot of stuff going on and i just stopped the audition i said what are you laughing about what's so funny like like crazed you know and they looked at me and they didn't know what to do and i said you know what i'm done i walked out i walked down the hallway to the elevator about to get in the elevator goes no no wait wait you're great we love you no no we've never heard the scene read like that you just took us off by surprise anyway cut and paste they went with the exact, like you said, ripoff formula of Karate Kid, which was having a blonde guy fight a dark haired guy. And they said, "Michael, will you please? I said, I, I'll do this part, but whatever. So and then cut and paste a year later, I'm playing the lead role in the, you know, in the biggest franchise in the world. So, you know, it's like it's it's funny. It's just crazy. But a lot of people, you know, Billy Blanks, too. Billy was funny because I remember doing the scene, if you remember, in the in the like in the gym. Yeah so i said billy I said do me a favor i said you know we're doing our own our own stunts make sure that you don't hit me in the uh you know in the uh, in the groin region he goes no, no i don't worry about it i won't hit you i don't hit you sure enough the broomstick comes up and i'm like oh man but uh there's some amazing actors in that movie you know sadie lopez a wonderful actress and and christine taylor and yep you know ken and ken they, they're all r- really good but Patrick Kilpatrick, who I went on to do another movie with last man standing. He was in last Man standing as well. And, and, uh, it's times funny, man. You know, it's just, uh, I, I, cause I see the picture behind you. I'm, I'm laughing, man. It's like, wow. Well, you still look pretty good. You, you don't I age do. that. You don't age that yeah. much. Yeah. People say that to me all the time. Michael, you look like you're still from the karate kid or, or you're still, you know, it's funny. It's like, you know, I, <laughs> I try to take care of myself and it's, Doug, you know what's funny about this whole thing? It's so bizarre. I mean, let's think about this. Karate Kid was, next Karate Kid was 26, 27 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I had no idea this was even happening. This reboot of Cobra Kai, I had no idea what was happening with it. And my wife says to me one day, she goes, honey, you, you got to look at this show. I'm like, what show? We talking about she goes, Cobra Kai. I said, like, what's that? I mean, I kind of knew the reference because it was the first movie, but I didn't really know them. I didn't really, you know. Because you gotta watch it. It's, it's like a, a continuation, a remake of karate kid. I'm like, no way, why would they do that? You know, sure enough, I watched oh, this is pretty good. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting calls from like all over the world. I'm getting calls from Spain, London, India, Pakistan. Because now they're going back to watch all the beginning films. And it brought back so many wonderful memories, and and, and obviously some other. You know, it was during a very tough time for me in my life back in 1994, 95. But it's so fascinating to me, like the, the, the love for this franchise and the love for for these movies and, and to hear people talk to me about my character many years later that I could never talk to. I didn't have Instagram. I didn't even I wasn't even on Instagram. I don't even know what was going on with that. My wife yeah. got me on a year ago. I just started with this stuff. And people started to find me, and it's just fascinating that you can actually now talk to guys like you and, and have an experience that you would have never had twenty-six years ago. Yeah. You know, it's been a it's been a fascinating uh return to uh to the roots and to and to the movies, and um it's it's really wonderful actually. It's been really, really fun for me. So
0: that's awesome, man. Here, we're going to start. I want to talk about like growing up. But one thing I have to mention, it's funny when I interviewed Patrick, I interviewed Patrick Kilpatrick, I think like back in October, but for some reason, it didn't click when I saw Showdown that that's the movie I watch. Because whenever I interview people, I'll like go up and down and I'll click on different movies and like check them out. For some odd reason, like when I interviewed Eric Roberts, who I interviewed for Best of the Best and Best of the Best Part Two. I was like, "All right, I know this. I, 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 know those movies." But for some reason, with Patrick, I didn't click. But rewatching that movie years later, God, he is such a nut. Uh,
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, like Patrick, calm down. And he talks to that voice, and you know, he's a character. He's a he's a good oh,
0: guy. He's <laughs> a character. When I interviewed him, yeah, yeah, he's a character. Generally, his voice is like deeper than it was then, yeah. and it was like. So gravelly and just the way he was storied. I'm like, dude, this guy is great at what he does, obviously, but just insane. in those roles, that opening scene at the party, like when his brother gets knocked over by Billy and somehow dies instantly, it's insane because he looks, I don't know how old he was then exactly, he
1: looks like he should
0: not have been at that party. <laughs>
1: like, not even close. I mean, that's the bizarre thing when you think about some of these movies, you know, people know. shouldn't even be in these movies. I don't know. How do they, you know, it's like, yeah, it was so bizarre. It's just so, you know, we're, we're like 80 years old in a high school film. I'm like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? But this is what they do. It's just crazy. But uh, fun times, man. Fun times. So cool. Let's let's talk about the beginning. So you grew up in the Bronx. So I am a Yankee oh, tattoo there. Yeah, me too. I'm a Yankee, big Yankee fan. Whitestone, Queens. And then I would go and spend a lot of time in the Bronx with my grandmother in Neck. So more, you know, I grew up in Whitestone, but I would go over the bridge. I went to school in the Bronx, okay. high school there you know was a was a pretty good uh pretty good athlete uh very very well known in the area played uh, all sports you know I was very very blessed in a lot of ways uh some tough times started happening you know when i was about 18 19 my mom like i said and my father got sick and things happened there so uh lost my mom lost my dad uh, and, and uh, about 11 12 years ago i lost my sister but Back in the day, back in Whitestone, Queens, I was uh, I was a I was a pretty good athlete, captain of my my high school football team, all city, all league, all that stuff, and nice. um, played college football. I thought I was gonna, I thought I had a shot to go pro, but then things got a little bit hectic. I broke an ankle, broke a, you know, ripped a hamstring, and I said, "Where am I going?" You know what I mean? You start to realize it when you get to another level. You're like, "Wait a minute! I was usually better than most yeah. in everything. Then I was only just better than one guy in one thing, and he was." killing me and everything else and I said you know what, let's be realistic so what school did you go to I went to uh CW Post in Long oh, Island nice. uh yeah Division 1 A. played uh, flanker back tailback uh broke some records there and then I got hurt and uh that was the end of that story <laughs> and then I started working on Wall Street and uh you know when I got my degree I said okay you know what let's do what we got to do and I started working on Wall Street at night I was doing like night shifts and uh, I, I met this gentleman on the train sitting next to me, and he says, You know, you got a great look. And I'm and he's talking to me, and I think, You know, who is this guy talking to? This crazy man. And he's like, you know, you look like Ken Wall from Wise Guy. You got a great look. Yeah, I'm like, That's a good compliment. Right? So I said, Oh, thank you very much. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, You know, here, take my card. So he gives me his card. And I'm looking at him, and then he leaves. And I'm like, Checked it out. I said, oh, this guy's supposedly looks like a pretty big, uh, you know, J. Michael Bloom. So uh, a few weeks later, I was like really disillusioned, working on Wall Street, and like I don't want to be here, you know. And um, I gave him a call, and uh, he brought me into the office, and he's sitting behind his desk, and he slides this paper across to me, and he goes, "Read this." I'm like, "Read what?" He goes, "Read this scene." And I'm like, "How?" He goes, "Just read it." So I read it, and then he stopped me. Goes, "Listen, you're pretty good. You're a natural." And um, you know, I went out on an audition maybe three or four weeks later, and I got a small part as a like a bad boy on a, on, a, on a soap opera for a couple of days. And and then he goes, "Listen, I'm moving to California," and uh, I had nothing going on, man. I didn't want to work on Wall Street. It was cold. It was January. I was like, you know what, <laughs> I'm out. And uh, we headed west. You know, maybe like two months later, he got together with another lady to manage me a little bit, and. Um, then he came back to New York to kind of square away some stuff. And, and I got a movie called book of love for new line cinema. And uh, another thing I was up for the lead, like, and you know, I'm new. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to, you know, I'm trying to get through it, you know, and they kept bringing me back, bringing me back. And I ended up and, you know, we ended up in, in, in a nice part in that film with a lot of, a lot of known actors. And, and uh, yeah.
0: uh, Chris Young, uh, Bob Shea directed it. And he didn't really yeah. didn't direct much.
1: No, that was the only one. Yeah. That was the only one. <laughs> and remember now, it's funny that you say that because Robert Shea was like the owner of New Line Cinema, if you remember. Yep. So I remember, you know, my mom was getting sick at the time, Doug. And I remember going up to Mr. Shea's house. It was like in, not in Beverly Hills, but like going over the canyon. I think it was over Coldwater Canyon we would go up and he would drive up this hill and I, we had a play, a get together, a cast get together. And I remember going there and then I parked my, my little shitty car, beat up car and I walked down and like it overlooked all the valleys. Like, wow, is this, this, is this how it's going to be? I mean, this is how it happens. So, you know, cut and paste, you know, I shot that for about maybe five or six weeks. And, uh, I remember what I was having such a wonderful time. And my mom was supposed to come out, but unfortunately she could not come because she was in chemo, this and that. And then we finished the movie and then, uh, I said, this is going to be easy, right? This is it. I got my pretty much my first audition of two auditions. This is going to be simple. Again, fighting for the lead that I didn't even know what I'm doing. And um, boy, it got really difficult after that. Uh, You know, she passed away. So I left the business for a while and um, went back to New York. You know, I had to take care of her for a while. And then she passed on and did some family stuff. And and I said, let me try to get back. And I tried to come back and try to reboot the career. And then I ended up doing this showdown. So did you have,
0: again, you're an athlete and it's cool to find out like, cause without talking to people, you really don't know. Like, was this guy training to be an actor? No. There's some guy in the train said, "Hey, you have this look. So did you have a karate background or was it just that you're an athlete?
1: I think I always boxed. I boxed in, in high school. I, you know, I'm pretty good with my hands. So that was a very good foundation for what yeah. I needed. And then I got into kickboxing, but not like I wasn't at a high level. But I was able to hang with all these guys and not even training in that way, which is fascinating because I was with the athleticism plus the hands, I was able to do anything that these guys could do pretty much. So then I got into it a little bit more and I started working on it. Then the funny the questions was when I went into audition for the karate, the, the, the karate kid, I remember meeting the casting director and she says to me, She goes, You know, she goes, You look like you're in shape. Da, 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 da. She goes, You're athletic. I said, Yeah. And then when I got the part, I met Mr. Pat Johnson, who was the stunt coordinator, and I did all the you know, the moves, no problem. I did all my stunts and, and uh, started studying with him. I studied with him for about two years. Even after when the movie was over, I worked oh, with wow. him and went on to kickbox and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think the athleticism laid a foundation for me to actually be at that level without even training. And I don't, I don't mean to disrespect it. I mean that my flexibility wasn't nearly as good as theirs, but my hand speed and I was able to move pretty well. And my kicks were pretty good pretty forceful. So I, I picked it up quicker, I think. So being an athlete helps, trust me, makes you look good on screen. Even if you're not great in the, in the art, I, I look believable in a lot of the stuff. So it's fascinating,
0: you know? Yeah, that's all you need. Like I interviewed a guy that obviously I'm not saying you should be older, but if you were 10 years younger, starting the business, you probably would have been like that guy in the Canon film era. I interviewed uh, Sam Furstenberg who did like the American Ninja movies and- Sure, sure I know him. So that was that they were like, we really don't want people that have karate because they might, in some cases, like cost more because they might have experience. Exactly. So like they would look for an athlete and can he do the moves enough? And uh, no, that's perfect. That, that worked out for you. And then it's cool that you did like showdown.
1: And then by the way, I did a Canon film, you know that, right? No, which one? Uh, I did a movie with Leslie Ann Down and Michael Parks called Inside Out. I don't even know if it's listed anymore. Um, oh, I don't think it's on your IMDb. It may be. I did. I played a young cop. It was really funny. I'll tell you a funny story about that. This yeah. is how bad I was as an actor. <laughs> I remember going down. That was probably my my maybe my maybe second job. Yeah, maybe my second job, third job. And I got cast as a, as a young cop. I remember we went down to Corpus Christi, Texas, and I was playing Michael Parks, young partner. And, you know, I'm nervous. And, and, uh, you know, we're doing a scene like this sitting down at the couch and there's like five actors in the scene. And I got, you know, I got some dialogue and, you know, Leslie and down, you know, they've been in the business for years and here's a young kid, oh, yeah. you know, and it's, it's like really hot. It's like 130 degrees. I'm going to suit and tie. And they go, you know, you're doing your dialogue and they're in the scene. And, and all of a sudden it comes to my dialogue. And I, I I can't say. And I'm like, and and, and they're like, cut, Michael, what happened? I said, I'm sorry. I I, I forgot. Did it again. Forgot it again. And I'm starting now to pour, Doug, I'm pouring sweat. And I'm like, finally, after like four or five takes, I finally remembered the dialogue and I never in my life ever dropped a line again, again, but that was an experience to work on Michael Parks, which was, he's a very, he's a character for sure. And uh, Leslie was great. And um, that was a canon film. Yeah, it was funny. And uh, I don't know where that is. It's somewhere. I might not have it on my. I might have took it off.
0: Yeah, that's the end of canon. Like the hit, the way they. Uh, I just watched the last blockbuster last night. Really good documentary. It just came on Netflix, but. When I was talking to Sam, because he actually knew the guy that owned Canon, he told me like some really cool stories, but that's right at the end of it. Like 90, yeah, so our
1: movie probably, our movie probably <laughs> threw it off, the, off the edge. It was a terrible movie, but, uh, you know, you got to work, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Leslie's great too. I interviewed her husband. who's like a cinematographer and yeah,
1: she's a nice lady. Very nice lady, Beautiful oh, lady. Very, very sweet. Yeah.
0: She was in the pink Panther
1: movies and that's awesome. That is awesome. So how did
0: like the next karate kid? we talked about the audition that they were like, Hey, you're athletic enough. So how did that come up after showdown?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what happened was I was like toiling, you know, after my mother died, my father got sick. So I was bouncing back and forth to New York. You know, I got a job here. He got a job there. I'm like, you know, I'm trying to get my career going. You know, it was very difficult. And, uh, I got, I, I ended up signing with this really, really cool guy, Stephen Adams, his small manager. And, um, I remember I was working out at the gym. I was working out at Gold's Gym in North Hollywood, no, actually in Hollywood. And uh, I heard my name a loudspeaker. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I said, either my father died and they're tracking me down my roommate or something. So I ran to the phone and it was him. He's like, listen, you got to get over the, to uh, Warner Brothers. You got an audition for this movie, but it was like no name or anything. He was just go over, wear jeans, t-shirt and a leather jacket. So I went, walked in and met the casting director joy todd who was a very very powerful casting director from new york and she was here in la which was cool so i, I think she kind of got the vibe of a new yorker coming in and, and uh, like i said she said to me "You look athletic Da-da-da. so she called me back a week later and um i did the reading again and then about two weeks later they called me again and they had like three or four people there producers directors jerry weintraub was in the room chris kane was in the room and I did my audition and I, and, I, and I thought it went fairly well, but I didn't hear anything. So I said, oh, all right. And then they called and they said, listen, it's it, we, we love Michael. Uh, we want to bring him back in again and and, and, and compare him with uh, pair him up with a couple of girls and a couple of guys. And I've been through this with Showdown. I was through this with Book of Love. So I kind of was getting the idea of what this was going to be like. So I said, oh, here we go again. I went back. They did all the pairing. We did all the auditions. That was it. Didn't hear anything. And then a week later, they called me back one more time. And I remember sitting on the steps at this little bungalow, Warner Brothers, and next to the same guy that was auditioning against me. And uh, and I always tell this story because it's really fascinating. Like, it's in my head, I'm like, is this my shot? This is my shot. This is it. And I'm thinking, he's probably thinking the same thing. You know what I mean? And we're not more than, like, this far apart from each other, not looking at each other. So it's a very difficult thing to do you know it's a difficult thing and, and you yeah, listen I don't want bad for anybody I just want a job for god's sakes yeah. <laughs> I'm desperate here help me out give me a job so um <laughs> I go in first and I do my thing and, and they're like great Michael wait outside I wait outside he goes in and uh I'll never forget this I tell this in all the interviews he walked out with his shirt off and just a tank top on and I said you know what this job is mine so I hear my name, Michael, and I'm like, oh, my God, did I not get this? So I start walking down this hallway, Doug, and the hallway seemed like it was about 5,000 yards, and it was like maybe 50 steps, and it's going, wah, wah, wah. I'm like, oh, my God. So I get to the office, and Jerry's sitting there with his feet up on the desk, and Chris is sitting, you know, standing next to him, and he goes, sit down, kid. I'm like, all right. He goes, so uh, where are you from? I said, well, New York. He goes, huh? He goes, uh, who you, who's your agent? I tell him my agent, he goes, you got the job, kid. I literally, honestly, I jumped over the desk and grabbed him and started crying. Like, seriously, I had him in a bear, crying, hysterical crying. Wow. And then I grabbed Chris Kane crying because, you know, I lost my mom. My dad was sick. And I'm like bawling. They probably looked at this guy and looked at me and said, what's wrong with this kid? But cut and paste a little bit, you know, later, they found out that my my dad was very ill and they 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 said to me, Michael, if you ever need anything, you go home and spend time with your father, then we'll get you Uh. back here. So I was bawling, hugging them, this and that. And then I remember leaving and seeing this other actor walking away. And I felt I felt like, wow, I've been there so many times in my career when I didn't get that part. And I felt bad. I felt compassion for him. And I understood his feeling. But I realized, you know what? Every once in a while, one's got to come your way, right? So yeah. I think my mother might have sprinkled a little love dust on me. And I got lucky. And I remember driving driving over Coanga Boulevard near the studios. And I was bawling. And I pulled over and I said, Mom, I, 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 we made it. I mean, we made it. I mean... I can't believe it. You know, and I was living pretty much from hand to mouth or living in like a one room apartment. I got a beat up car with dog hair flying everywhere. I mean, I was, it was tough. It was tough. And, uh, I became part of Hollywood lore and I became, and you, and it's also about confidence and, and, you know, like you feel like you belong, you earn the right to, to be, have a conversation with you. You earn the right to be able to, to, to say, Hey man, all the hard work paid off plus the financial was was very nice too but yeah man that was the that was the day i'll never forget it and it brings me back to some really really uh surreal moments that are like i said some some really happy moments that are balanced out with some really sad moments because knowing that your mom's not there and your dad's yeah. ill but you got this great thing in your life so it kind of it kind of pulled me up a little bit from that and helped me lift me up a little bit from my bootstraps but uh I'm very blessed, uh, very blessed and and I'm very grateful and and I don't take anything lightly. And and, uh, people always ask me this question, Michael, how does it feel to be in the franchise? And then how does it feel to get your ass kicked by a girl? (laughs) So I smile. And initially in my career, I was not, I really didn't really care too much about this. I mean, I cared. I did the movie at the time, but as I got past it, you know, I was trying to do like serious roles and in independent films. I've done a lot of independent films that are really tremendous, that are like a lot of festival films. So I got lost in the shuffle of all this world of commercial films. So uh, I remember trying to kind of run away in a little way, not run away at the time, but after. And uh, so when they asked that question, I said, listen, how does it feel to get my ass kicked by a two-time Academy Award winning actress, Hillary Swank? Feels pretty good. How does it feel... To be in a movie that's been around for 30 or 40 years. Pretty good. How does it feel to be the leading character that the bad boy in one of the biggest franchises in the world? How's it feel? Pretty good. So how's your bank book? Not bad from this. So I answer those questions and they look at me and they laugh. So that's the reality, you know? Very yeah. lucky. Very lucky. And it's a cool movie when you think about who's in it. Like Walter Goggins? Well, I didn't want to say, but that was the guy that was next to me oh no way yeah, yeah. oh so, so at least know, he still got in the movie yeah he called and called and called and got in the movie and and uh you know walter and i actually were friends for a long time after and then you know things happened. like my my stuff and his stuff he got busy he's working god bless he's doing very well he's a good actor yeah. and then i got busy with my life so we kind of have lost touch but uh that was the guy and then of course you had you know you had hillary and michael ironside and, oh. and so some- Amazing actresses, Constance Towers, Chris Conrad. We have a great cast. So, Ironside, man. When you think about the villains
0: in the series, you know, obviously, Martin Cove, like legendary, Terry Silver, played by Thomas Ian Griffith, then Sean Kanan. And you think about Ned and you think about, you know, the Colonel, like the way he plays that. When you really watch the movie in a different light, you think of that guy, you're like, man, he probably has some serious PTSD because he's yeah.
1: insane. Yeah, he's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. We well, you know what's funny about, uh, you know, I I always say this. It's very difficult sometimes because people always try to compare the villains and try to talk about the villains. And and, and I can honestly say, honestly from my heart, I think that we're really terrific. And and, and I believe that that in some in some instances things could be caricaturish. I believe that when I got the part, I had, you know, I said, let me go back to the first Karate Kid and see what it's about. And I, and I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. I really I thought that was the best of the franchise without question. And I looked at the uh, archetypal bad guy there and I said, OK, this is my part in this movie. But how do I make it a little different? How do I get to a little nuance in it? And what's really fascinating is that a lot of people caught on to that and got it at the end of the movie when they saw me change and had a moment at the end where he says, no, I'm not doing it. No. And none of those other characters got there. No, none of them got there. So it's really funny because I think that's where Ned gets his balance right in that moment. That's the whole movie for him is that he gets the balance to realize that, no, this guy is no good. You know, he was a kid that was lost with no family. And he, he found, you know, he fell under the the tutelage of this crazy guy and he followed him. And then he realized that he wasn't, I don't necessarily know if he was trying to hurt Julie. I think he was testing her to the highest point. And then when she stood up to him, he respected her. And I think that's where it happened for me. It's like, and you realize, wow, this kid pushes him away. And people often ask me, Michael, that's a great nuance for this character because the other characters don't have it. So they mentioned that f- quite frequently to me when they write to me, you know, you had that moment at the end, could Ned go with Miyagi's dough or could, uh, and I believe he does. I believe he follows Miyagi and I believe he ends up in life befriending Julie because that you grow up and you, 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 you things change and, and and life changes. And and so, um. but getting back to that, uh, I believe our, Michael and I are really, really strong together. Yeah. And I'd be, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say who's the best, who's not, but let's say that I, I think that we're a very formidable duo. Yeah. And I think that the actors in our film are very, very, very good. I'm very proud to have worked with them, all of them. And Hillary was, wow. You know, to think about the pressure, you know, this young girl has on her shoulders, you know to carry a franchise, yeah, and to continue a franchise that was such a massive hit. Uh, she was tremendous and very graceful and very, very. Uh, she worked really hard, and uh, she was she was Me Too before there was Me Too in this world. Yeah, she she was fighting a bully idiot like me, <laughs> you know, and defending her honor and doing the things that she needed to do before there were all women action heroes. So she was the first. So I think. In that respect, our film is way ahead of any other film. That's what I would say.
0: Yeah, and just the fact that you're like when you when you catch her and you basically say she was smoking cigarettes and just like saying, like, hey, why don't we go? And kind of like where what's the make out spot? I think I can't think of the name of it. At the docks? Yeah, the docks. (laughs) just that whole line but i think you're like you said a caricature and i think that's what that's why i love movie sequels because if you look at any original film you have like all the villains but the next one you have to be it's almost it becomes a caricature of a bad guy so even like the lines you say is that something i would high school kids be smashing in cars or burning them <laughs> i don't know if they you know i
1: thought that was a little bit bizarre the burning uh, you know, I, I, I was a little bit overwhelmed by that. But, you know, you know, if you look at today, what's going on today, is it crazy? Because people are killing you, are shooting people. No, in I, know. I yeah. don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I think so. I think, it, I, listen, when I got the part, I thought I was fighting Ralph. What did I know? I had no idea it was a girl until really. three weeks. Yeah, I had no idea. I, I, I thought she was the girlfriend. I was trying to hit on her and she was with
0: him. Was that the scene you were reading when you kept going back? Was it anything that
1: No, the scene was when I when I grabbed her like that? Yeah. And the, and, but that's the scene that I only scene that I read. Wow. I had I didn't have the idea. I thought she was the girlfriend of Ralph or the girlfriend of the star of it or whatever. And then when I found out, you know, I think I have to read through. Them. Maybe I knew the the rest of it. Or maybe it was there and I didn't realize it. I don't know. You know, listen, it's uh even today, when I watch Cobra Kai, I find, you know, I, I think that one of the things that I miss from the the originality of Karate Kid is the essence of the uh, the actual importance of the spirituality of it. Yeah, and I, and I think that's what Mr. Miyagi was so beautiful at and delivered it without any violence. And and I think that one of the things that I think they they don't see as much in the Cobra Kai is not that for me but you know I just love the fact that the originals are rooted to that discipline of being you know non-violence whatever I mean these guys are flipping over cars and doing jumping <laughs> off walls and I'm like wait a minute how does that happen like how long are you even studying <laughs> the martial arts you know what I mean so I, I don't yeah. know maybe I'm, I'm out of touch I'm sure because I don't know what the the nuances of today's karate are but I for me personally I like I like the spiritual side. I like what's really great about Miyagi and, and how he hangs over Cobra Kai. I think that's fascinating, and that's and, and Ralph being a little bit, you know, uh, lost, and Billy. I, I really enjoy that. I think they're doing a great job with that. But Mr. Miyagi is very special, you know. I, I think you, as good as it is, it's not uh, for me. It's not. No matter what it is, it will never be him. You know what I mean? As great as yeah. he's, he's there, he's there. No matter what. I just he's just so beautiful and, and important, you know, so uh, to work with him is to work with the legend and icon. And, and um, I can remember at, at, at the end of the film, Doug, I was uh, we were shooting. We were shooting the last scene in the docks and the car, you know, we're going to blow the car up. And I remember that I got there early and the, the uh, big cans were on fire and I was just sitting in that big, beautiful Jeep. And I'm looking out to the. I think it was the St. Charles River. And I'm like, wow, I, I'm I'm one of the luckiest, actors. And I'm I'm in this franchise that's incredibly successful and big. And and I was trying to take it all in, you know, and 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 try to really, really digest what experience I was having. Because you if if you think about it, it's really pretty cool. So I remember we did the scene, and then a few months later we had to reshoot the scene, and we had to reshoot it in Los Angeles. And I remember we did the scene and they cut and, and uh, I got a little teary in the scene and, and Pat called me over behind the camera, called me over. He said, Michael, come over. And, and I walked over and he said, listen, he goes, whatever you're doing, keep doing it. It's great. And I looked at him and I said, wow. I said, and he goes, do it. Just do it. And that was the moment where he became a, a nuanced guy. And I, I, I felt like it freed up the character to say, there's a little change here, a little change. So uh he was really like a leader in that way very supportive and and uh funny on just was he's a special guy you know and to and to to have those memories to be standing with him is is incredible and i think that uh there is no karate kid there is no cobra kai without mr miyagi there is nothing he makes it beautiful
0: yeah and he has one of the best he has so many great lines from the franchise but one of the coolest ones is what he says to Hillary Swank. And he says, You I always say avoid fighting at all costs, but if you must win. And I'm like, that's yeah. so cool, man. That's
1: classic. That's classic, you know? right? It's Ugh. it just he just uh that's what I'm saying and the way he delivers it, it's yeah. like it's it hits you. It's like the other one, uh, you know, um uh, ambition without knowledge is like a boat on dry land. I'm like wow, that's deep, you know, you don't realize it then, Doug, you know, but then you think back, you're like, whoa, that's some deep stuff that he threw out. So, uh, yeah, it's, listen, it's a joy, Man, I had to talk to somebody today and one of the kids, you know, they called me from Argentina. It was really fascinating. Like we want Ned Rand, we want Ned Randall back. I have a lot of fans in Colombia. We want Ned. And they started, you know, saying physically you're the whatever. And you, well-built and you were the guy and da, da, da. I was like, wow, you know, they must be just getting that movie. They must be getting that piece because they're starting to see it. I think we just got released here. In the third one on Netflix. Ours. I have it right here. Look at this. Hey, there you go. There you go. There you go. There you go. Am I in the back cover? I better be. And yeah, then, you are. Um, yeah. Yeah. There he is. There's the kid. All right. There. That shot is everywhere. That shot is everywhere, dude. Oh, my, it marred my life. That shot. But, uh, the conversations were just uh it was a great conversation. And you know what I find too, kind of like you, they're defending it now. A lot of people are like, you know, this movie's really good. Yeah. It's, it, it, the first one is great. The second one's okay. Uh, the third one's okay. Uh, you know, but I think ours is equally as good as the third or better. And, and, you know, it's not the first, the first one's always going to be the classic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, it stands on its own. I think uh, a lot of times when I talk to to the kids and I talk to people and I, and I said, listen, I understand that people have opinions. I get it. And you know what? If you don't like a movie, that's great. Don't worry. It's I respect that. But what I don't respect and I don't agree with is that you talk bad about the actors and the piece. Yeah. Because it's disrespectful because they gave everything they can. They did the best they could. They worked hard. It may not happen it may not have come out the way that they intended, or or the movie wasn't as good as this. But just be respectful, and then you can say whatever you want. So now I see the young fans like, no, this movie's really good, and that is yeah. fantastic, and Hillary's great, and we need them back, and da, da da So we'll see, we'll see.
0: I think the people that trash things are like those. I hate talking. You know, i 34. I don't want to talk. Like my my wife teaches uh, seventh grade English in Jersey. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to talk about young kids, but there's like so many haters. And I think people do it. I think it's like in sports when they're like, so-and-so is the worst quarterback in the league. It's like, dude, the guy's pretty good. He's not the worst quarterback, but it's like, that's not that thing. Guy. yeah, they yeah. try to like get like the light on them. But no, I love all movies. And to talk about like the, the characterization of how sequels change, just think about the third movie, really. Like we just said about like the car exploding and everything in the third movie, it's grown men. I trying know. to like kill like injure a 19 year old kid because somehow that movie is a year after the second one which came that's out what four I'm years
1: yeah that's what i'm saying i don't i personally for me i, I don't know I I, I I i that to me is much more over the top another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
0: Oh, Terry Silver is a guy that I love his character. Like Thomas C Griffith, the way he plays it. But he is a guy that is like seems like the richest richest guy in town, and he talks about like dumping nuclear waste, and then he says, "Clear my schedule for two weeks. I gotta hurt this kid."
1: (laughs) It's crazy. And they all team up on on the kid and the other guy. The other bad guy is like screaming, and then I'm like, "Okay, (laughs) all right, Uh, great." But getting back to the villains, so I say that's what what is fascinating about what people are saying to me now, Michael, we love you.
0: It's yeah. really
1: nice to hear that. They love, I awesome. love my character. And, uh, <laughs> they sent me a picture, you know, me against, uh, the other villains that were there, like physically me against them. And it was really interesting what they had to say. And I thought it was fascinating. I said, okay. You know, you know, and uh, they're trying to stir up some, they're trying to stir the pot, you know, like, Oh, uh, you know, nice. would you take on this guy? Listen, I'll take on anybody. I don't care. Put me in the street next to any of those guys. You know what I mean? That, I, yeah. the, and also what I say is look at the young guys that are in Cobra Kai. And look at me when I was their age. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. So, I, I mean, <laughs> here we are. So, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. So I, I laugh because in one sense, unfortunately, I only got a chance to deal with Hillary. Even though I did beat up I, I Eric and I got into you see my prowess. Yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting? And people always say that to me, Michael, you should fight this guy. Ned should fight this guy. Like, who would you see me fighting and how you think I would do? I'll ask you that question. I, I think you could beat Karate's bad boy because you, I don't know, you
0: just had this prowess about it. Obviously, Marty Cove, the way he trained everyone. But now the Colonel, man, he was like really asking you guys to pick up a guy that was beaten and just beat him again and another like a student in his school and no that'd be cool to see you in it and I don't, i'm sure you google sometimes or people send you articles or tag you in the it but it's so cool that i didn't watch uh, i'm not gonna lie i didn't watch cobra kai when it was on youtube but when i got picked I up by either. netflix yeah so somebody told me to check it out and i'm like the, just the way they did it is like really cool because you're like rooting for the bad guy but i think why not have you come back have Hillary, even in the cameo role
1: or something, because that's what the fans would love. That's what I think. It's funny. I got just yesterday, somebody sent me a a big three-page article on me on Screen Rant and has my picture with Terry Silver and somebody else. Ned should be in it. Ned's going to be back. And then I get a thing a couple weeks ago in Den of the Geek. You know, he's going to return. Then I'm in GQ Mexico. (laughs) Ned is going to be turning. and, And with this other character, I'm like, all right. So listen, I agree with you. I think it would be really fun and I would be honored and privileged to be in a cameo or, or a one shot deal would be great. Yeah. But I think it would be great for the fans and the franchise to have everyone together, maybe in one sequence that are honoring Mr. Miyagi. You see them all intermingling and meeting each other, like almost like the Marvel Universe and all that stuff. Stuff like that would be cool. So I do. I get calls. And people are disappointed. Michael, are you on this season? I said, guys, I have I don't I'm out of touch. I don't I don't know. All I know is I keep seeing my name being brought up and photos being sent to me that I'm in this, this, and this. So uh, it would be an honor and privilege either way. I'm grateful to have been considered and and if they're gonna consider me down the line, it'd be great. I think I'm a great addition. I think I would bring a lot of intensity and a lot of uh, a lot of athleticism and a lot of stuff with me. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. Have you still been since that? Are are you still kickboxing? I know obviously you're still in shape, but are you still doing any of that karate kickboxing?
1: I'm not kickboxing, but I'm in shape. I, you know, I, am still pretty good. I can move. I can do my thing. So you (laughs) never know if they call, you got to be ready, right? Yeah. Yeah. You got to be ready. So after that,
0: you're, you're talking about like, that was the commercial film. And then you went, you know, you're doing a lot of the independent circuit. So you've done a lot of them, but one that really like caught my eye and sometimes I randomly like check out some of them, but pretty when you cry. Wow. That
1: movie and the cast, Jamie Kennedy in a role like that. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was bizarre. (laughs) That was bizarre. That was a really difficult role for me. You know, um, with Sam Elliott, you know what I mean? And, uh, it was a really difficult Keith David. Uh, I played a, yeah, I played a crazy coked up, guy you know it's, it's difficult sometimes because when you're an actor it's hard to there's you have to be realistic in an unrealistic situation so you have to try as as best as you can and you have to have a teammate to play on that level you know what i mean yeah so yeah. sometimes when you run against cast members or actresses or actors that aren't willing to do that it's difficult so oh, I bet. um yeah it was a difficult a difficult experience an interesting movie a difficult experience to be quite honest but it was really it was amazing to work with sam and jamie and 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 them and uh, Jamie was funny. we had some good scenes together and uh, yeah. you know and then uh, craziness happens and um the independent world is really fascinating because you can pursue things that you might not get a chance at in these commercial commercial films. so that's why I chose that route and and really what I try to do now is a lot of films that I've done in the last 10, 12 years have been like based on family dramas or something, a positive portrayal of, of not Italian-American, Sicilian-American roots or, or something like that, that I, I, I'm, I'm driven to character stories, you know, I love action as well. I've done a few, but I really like old school character, character stories. So that's what I've been focusing on now. And, and um, this is the film, my film, Ritonato. Oh, nice. That is my film that's that's coming out in about four or five weeks that I um, I won a grant from the National Italian American Foundation, uh, the Russo Brothers from the Avengers Marvel series. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, they gave me a grant to shoot my film. So that was pretty prestigious. So I'm really lucky. And we won a lot of film festivals. And uh, it's it's based on a true story of of me going to Sicily to find. My roots. And uh, it's a really beautiful story, a a very, very. family driven story. You know, I'm not into the Italian American stereotypical stories. That's not, I turned down a lot of my, a lot of parts in my career, not because I didn't want to play those parts. I really didn't want to do it. I got to a certain point in my career, Doug, I was like, you know, I don't want to do this anymore because they're only allowing you to do the same part over and over again. It's like, I don't want to do that. So I started to write and uh, I wrote this movie I have a full-length feature that that I have with it that I'm trying to get off the ground. So uh, I'm very proud of it. I went back to Sicily. I shot it all in location in Sicily uh. with non-actors, uh, just the people from the town. And it's a beautiful homage to my mom and to my grandfather. And I promised my ancestral town, Lima, that I would do this, and I did it. And uh, we've got a lot of nice, nice compliments. You know, it's 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 like I said, it's not an action movie. It's a character story. Yeah, uh, but it's very honest, very passionate. We did it in four and a half, maybe five days, for less than eight thousand dollars. Eight thousand dollars, whatever the grant was they gave me. Yeah. So by the time I got to Sicily, the grant money was gone. So it was coming out of my money, out of my <laughs> pocket. But um, that's kind of what I've been doing now, and I've, I've got like three or four scripts that are done that I've written since. When did you start writing? Well, honestly, I I started writing about fifteen years ago, and and. Nice. About 11 years ago, when my sister passed away, I, I just, uh, you know, I was like, I was lost. I got to be honest. I was lost. I mean, I lost mom. Yeah. My dad. And I'm like, you know what? I got I to gotta, um, go back to my, my roots. So my wife, who was my fiance at the time, we took a journey back to Sicily. And, and that's when the, the, the story started in my head. Because I had written something 15 years ago I wanted to do as a one-man show you know, one act show, you know, with me as the character, some of the characters. And I started it in his book called The Artist's Way. And I started to write it. And then when I made my journey to Sicily, I came back and I was looking for that book. I couldn't find it. So I bought another one and I started writing. And then a few months later, I found the book. And exactly what I was writing present day was the same as what I wrote 15 years earlier. Wow. Crazy, right? So I went on that journey and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And a friend of mine says, listen, he goes, have you ever written before? I said, no. He goes, I, 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 you know, I sent him the script. He goes, this is pretty good. He goes, it needs a lot of work with the structure, but it's got a lot of heart and soul. So, you know, I continued to write. And then uh, somebody told me about this grant that they do. And I, I kind of constructed it in a smaller way and I sent it in and I won. It's like, wow. So there I was. And I said, okay, here we are. And I shot the film and, and uh, had the greatest experience of my life. And I'm so blessed. And I'm so grateful. And and uh, the people back in Limana, Santa Teresa, my friends, and then we're going to go back and do a second one. And uh, i written another one that we're going to shoot in Sicily. So uh, now I'm very, very connected into the culture there in the town. I'm the town ambassador for Limana, which is really wonderful. Wow. Um, yeah. I'm on the con- cultural department of Sicily. So I felt like, Doug, you know what? I felt like, I don't want to sell out my culture. I don't want to sell out my soul to be uh, I know a guy that's stereotypical. Yeah. I, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody, but for me, it just doesn't work. And that's not the way, and it's not about, I don't care about the money. I, you know, yeah. it, it, who cares? It's the, it's the love of the game and what you, you want to feel good and passionate and proud of what you're doing. And for me, that's where I'm at right now. So I continue to go on that journey. And if, listen, if, if Cobra Kai comes up and it brings me back to the mainstream, that would be oh, great yeah. because it's so fascinating because that happened when I had the success of Ritonato. And it's all coming together at one time with yeah. my past, with a commercial film and this little film that I did. All the fans are really helping me and getting behind me and saying, Michael, we really want to support your film and we love you. Cool. And so the young ones and the older ones, it's been really, I feel really, really like blessed that people would even write to me or want to talk to me. It's just like, it's incredible that, you know, it's like when guys like you and have kids like me, he goes, I grew up with you, Michael. I'm like, really? I mean, wow. You know, like, you know, it, you don't realize that, you know, you don't realize the people you're touching, you're just trying to do your best. You know what I mean? And uh, I met a kid from Florence who wrote to me, he goes, Michael, I work out and I wanted to have a body like you. And, and, you know, that I, you know, I thought you were a great role model physically. I was like, wow. Just I'm so I'm so like thrilled. And then a lot of my fans, they write me, I'll talk to them, I'll spend some time, you know, spend 10, 12 minutes, I write back and I've actually established really, really wonderful relationships with them because guys, we're just people. We're not like these people that deserve more or less than anybody else. I'm like, I'm just a person like you and I'm thrilled and honored that we can sit and have a conversation. Yeah, you know, us actors sometimes start to get a little bit crazy. i think we're a little bit more than what we are, and we're not. I just want to be like you and be, you know, have a conversation and relate to you and and see how your day's going. You know what I mean? So that's what it's been for me. It's been wonderful. So did you ever have the opportunity to like to do any of those like conventions
0: for being Ned? You did, okay.
1: Yeah. So that's you know, it's funny you say that. Somebody said that to me yesterday. It was Michael? you got to be doing these conventions again. I'm like, yeah. really? He goes, Jay, yeah, cause you don't understand what's going on. I said, I don't, I don't know. I remember I did it when I did the movie, I went, you know, all over the world, not all over the us. Yeah. You know, I did a lot of the conventions and car shows and stuff. That was great. But yeah, he brought it up to me. yesterday. He goes, you should be doing somebody's show. I said, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to start that again. I don't know where that goes, but maybe I probably should investigate that. I'm sure. Right. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, so I'm saying you did it back then, but you haven't done it recently, right? No,
1: no, I haven't done it recently.
0: That's what I mean, because obviously, with the world being standstill, everybody watched Cobra Kai, like you said, and then they had Next Karate Kid Gets Put On. Everybody goes to watch it. Dude, I'm telling you, for a movie like that, and I'm sure somebody will be reaching out to you for like those festivals or even like the online things, because yeah,
1: those things are cool. And like, did you ever do stage stuff like theater? Oh yeah. I did theater in New York. Okay. And I did yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, that was why I wanted to do the one act show. You yeah. Know, okay. On the stage. I was, I was but I, I think I, I was either not brave enough or not ready enough. I don't know why it didn't happen. It just wasn't time. So I'm contemplating that again. It's funny because today I was researching some stuff that I was, maybe I could shoot this downtown LA cause I'm in LA and this, and this other piece that I wrote is in New York. So, you know, I continue to think how I I, I want to pursue the the stories that I've written, and a lot of the fans have written uh, reached out to me like with stuff that they would like me to do, like a, like a movie or direct because I directed this film. Um, mm-hmm. I got nominated for best director at the short film festival in London, won best film at the Remedy F- World Fest in Houston, so it's crazy. So, you know, I, I yeah, I would love to love to do some of that stuff. So if you know anybody, let let me know. I'll go. To, uh, Comic Con or whatever they call that thing, or go out to a convention, would love to do
0: it. Be fun. The reason I mention that because, given your background, like playing sports, being an athlete, you're used to that instant gratification. So obviously, when you're you you score a touchdown, great play, the crowd goes wild. But when you do a movie, like I've interviewed people, that's why I ask if you ever did those conventions recently, because obviously you're you're a great guy, like contacting fans back to reach out to you. But there's some people that don't really get that but there are people that love them like i interviewed this guy that was he was in a bunch of movies and stuff but his big thing he was the voice of beast on x-men the animated series so i was lucky enough when i interviewed him i asked him hey do you ever go to those comic cons because he talked about when he would do a movie that's it the movie's done yeah unless you sit in the back of the movie theater every like for a week you don't know how people really are reacting so it's cool that you're getting those emails because you're getting that hey you know what what we did was you know
1: yeah because it's that's what i'm saying so 26 years ago we didn't have social media Instagram. so now get an instant email i saw you're the guy are you are you the guy are you ned because they don't know because i don't have i don't have my name on my website it's Ritonato on instagram it's retanato underscore the underscore movie underscore my name is not there i have my name on Facebook but I don't have that on my Instagram. So they don't know if it's me or not. So they write to me and it, like, you know, you have to accept a, yeah. a thing. And I read it first because I get some crazy ones. And I mean, I said, oh, no, I can accept this. And then I write back. Yes, this is him. Oh, my God. Oh, my. God! You know, like the other day, a guy sent me something. He shared something me against another one of the bad guys. And he goes, you should take him on you. I said, okay. And I accepted it. And he's like, oh, my God, that's you. I said, "Yeah," And then I shared it. He went berserk. So it was funny. So you it's know, cool. that's that's a fun thing, you know, it's a fun thing for me. So
0: yeah, no, that's so cool that you can see that because that guy that was the voice of Beast, he went to that Comic Con, it was like a reunion of all the people our voice actors from that, and he didn't even like in his head, he was like, I don't know if people watched it. He was, I went to a studio, he was living near Toronto, I did my voice send the tape in. So he wasn't even with a lot of the actors for it. Right. He just right. his voice for it.
1: Yeah. It's a little difficult. Like with, with my film, Ritonato, we were supposed to be in Italy at the Terramina Film Festival, which is a very prestigious film festival, and we couldn't go. I was supposed to be in St. Louis. I was supposed to be in Chicago. I came to New York, actually, and we were able to do a two screens in New York but at a festival. But then after that, I was shut down. So you really can't. What do you do, right? So now we're going to put it on my... On Ritornato the Movie.com is where the oh, film sweet. will be screened. So, yeah, retonato the Movie.com. I'll put
0: it in the episode notes and I'll share it out. When's that happening? In like five weeks?
1: May 8th, I think, is going to be the day we're going to premiere. That's my mother's birthday. So, oh. uh, I want to present it on that day. And hopefully, this special, man. Hopefully, the fans know it's not an action movie. So, it's, it's a really like a passionate, honest thing, you know, personal moment in time. So, um, you know, Douglas, it's like, Time goes fast, you know what I mean. Time goes fast, and I'm having this experience with you, and it's really wonderful for me. Not, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably more grateful than you are, uh, you know, because it's really bringing. I, I, it makes me laugh. It makes me think about all this stuff, and and. Uh, yeah. But getting back to uh, karate kid, I wanted to ask you a question. Yeah. So, number one, if 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 I was to return at any cost, who would you want me to fight against?
0: In the show see i honestly your idea like trumped everything i had in my head i think that'd be cool obviously they could do a scene with like maybe daniel sets up like a a, on maybe like mr miyagi's birthday like a memorial or something i think that'd be cool having everyone there to pay respects because again you don't know what happened at the end of the movie obviously you saw your character turn Right. right so there could be something mentioned maybe it'd be is, how cool of a moment would that be? You have like you and Hillary Swank show up at the, wherever it is, and like a look, and it's like, whoa, they're about to, and then a hug or something, you know, like an embrace. Yeah, That's, it. that's all it has to be.
1: It would be just that. It would be, um, you look, like like I could see me looking at her and I'm like, Pierce. Yeah. She turns around you see me smile and I hug her and, and that's it, and that's the yeah. moment. People are like, oh, my God, that's crazy. So that's what I get all the time. I, I'm fascinated who, what people say to me. Like, I had this one kid from Spain. Beautiful, beautiful kid. And he wrote this long backstory of Ned. I said, this cool. is the actual backstory of this guy. It's, if they wrote this script, it's brilliant. You know what I mean? If they wrote what this kid, if they fulfilled what this kid wrote as a backstory, It's incredible. So you know what? They know I'm around because uh they know I exist for sure. Yeah. So uh <laughs> um in or out in in it or not it's it's w- Hillary and I are legendary. That's it. Yeah. We we're, we're, to, we're together in time forever. So um Nobody can change that part of it, so I'm, so that's wonderful. But it would be nice to maybe cap it off and have a smile and, and be nostalgic one more time.
0: Yeah, and then I would be totally down
1: for a showdown reunion. <laughs> yeah, That'd why don't you cool. set that up? Why don't you set that up? Showdown two, come on,
0: Patrick. And I talked to Patrick because you you've worked with him a couple times, and you just know how he is. He's sitting in this room, and he's just like, just like brooding yeah.
1: yes <laughs> yeah he he's, uh i don't know i don't know if that's an actor or that's real i really don't because he's a little bit more, i think he's real
0: <laughs> so
1: one thing you mentioned
0: before and i totally agree especially when when you sent your email back and it's like grazie i'm like i really hope he's from the tri-state area and this is nothing against anyone else but it's so funny anywhere else in the country if people have that like italian American. it's so do you understand what i'm saying like sure, in, sure. in like L.A., obviously, there's people that are
1: from Italy. There's a certain sense, Doug, of of New Yorkers. Yes, it's like and the tri-state people that are. It's this. It's it's part of it. It's it's in this oh, yeah. in the uh, in their gene pool that because most of especially for the East Coast because a lot of a lot of Sicilian a lot of Southern Italians went to New York. Most of them went to New York. A lot went to Chicago, but there's a big, big, big community of, of not only Southern but Italian Italian immigrants that went to New York, and their descendants are there. Um, and also, New York is the, you know New York's tri-state area is the biggest you know between New York, New Jersey, and, and whatever. It's huge. Philadelphia, they're a huge. Yeah. place to be. So yes, there's a there's a there's a certain t- taste of it, and it's really great, but it's also negative. Oh no, that's what I
0: was going to say. That's where I was leading to. Like when you mentioned like the Sopranos or for me personally, like you felt it, you were on the Sopranos. So you're like, this isn't the way really like we had, I knew a guy in my hometown that was part of the mafia in like New Jersey. He was nothing like that. And I'm saying all guys have to be like that, but it was like me with Jersey shore came out, me and all my friends went to Mexico and we said we're from New Jersey. And the way they were like, wait, you're not like those guys. And I'm like, those guys aren't even from New
1: Jersey. No, they're embarrassing. It's an embarrassment to uh, this uh, Italian culture. It's <laughs> embarrassed, embarrassed to, to, to me as an Italian, a Sicilian American. And I, I can't stand how they carry themselves. It's disgusting. Um, and I'm not shy about it, as you can tell. Yeah. Um, we have so many, I'm proud of my culture, my Sicilian culture. We have so many beautiful things and beautiful history that these kids don't even know anything about. And that's my thing. When I talk to the younger generation, this is part of the reason why I did Ritonato is because I want to tell, inspire other kids to go back and tell a story about your grandfather. Tell a story about your family, good or bad. Keep your culture alive. Keep it real. Instead of getting, letting it get watered down into this um, Italian-American cesspool of what, it, what it, you think it might be. Because when you go to yes. Italy, it's a different world. I shot I shot uh, I shot a few films in Italy and, and I won a lot of I won a lot of film festivals in Italy and I spent a lot of time there and and um, you know it, it's just a different world there. It's not like we here in in America perceive it. It's different. So when I see that or I see real housewives in New York or Jersey, I'm like it's so bad. It, it's just such a right it gives it it gives the culture a bad name. And it's like it's the same thing with Stereotypical characters. Now, now listen. The Sopranos was a brilliant, brilliant portrayal of a, a, a dysfunctional family. Yeah, that was Italian American. But the beauty of that was a dysfunctional family. Yeah, and then around it was the guys, and but that was brilliantly told. But when you have guys walking around, you know, and, hey, don't. It's like you know, and, and then you get guys like. You see a TV show and you watch them and it's like you are embarrassing, number one. Number two, you're bringing down the Italian-American culture because you're actually allowing them to make you a buffoon. Because now today people are saying on on a set, you can't say this about the Latin culture. You can't say this about this culture. You have to be this, you know. But why are you acting like a buffoon? It should be the same thing about the Italian culture. No, I'm not going to, you can't talk down us. It should be equal. And this is what happened when people come to this country, you know, 60, 70 years ago, they came and they were respected because they worked hard. They built New York, they built San Francisco, they built the subway systems. They earned their way into this, into the society with hard work, right? But what happens is. Time changes, and they get immersed, in their, and the descendants get immersed, and the kids get immersed, in it, and they lose sight of what their their origins are, and the traditions, and they get wrapped up in this pseudo Italian American world that doesn't make any sense, yeah. and it, it, it's really not good. It's not tasteful, and so I implore a lot of the young kids to do homework. Whenever we have a conversation, <laughs> do homework. I don't care if you're you're from Latin America or or Colombia. Italy, where are you from? Where are your roots? Because your story is as important as my story. And we need to keep that alive. And and so, yeah, I'm answering that question is that it is an embarrassment. And I've turned down many opportunities to do stuff that I didn't want to do. And I did a few things that I was embarrassed about. And that's why I stopped. So that's why I chose now to just kind of focus on the things that mean something to me in a positive way and try to bring out a different point of view of, of the Italian culture, the Sicilian culture. So that's my job. That's what I feel like I'm here for now, honestly.
0: Yeah. So two more questions. Yeah, this has been great, Michael. One is I I meant to ask before. So the first time you went back to, you know, where your family's from, was there like, like a type of energy or did you feel like yeah. home?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I remember leaving the, uh, this fancy hotel in Termina, which is like a resort town, maybe 45 minutes from where my Limina town, ancestral town, was that I never had been to yet. But I said to my driver, I said, Vincenzo, I want to go to Lima. He goes, Michele, why you go to Limana? Nobody goes to Lima. said, I want to go. That's where my grandfather is from. He goes, okay, we go. So we went and we drove, you know, 45 minutes. Then we started to ascend up this winding dirt road. And I got to sign Limina. And I just, lost it right and i jumped out of the car and i ran up and i jumped up onto the cement pile and i put my hands up on the picture and that's it that's the moment and it's exactly what you said doug is like i felt this sense of belonging and this i'm getting chills actually uh goosebumps and i remember saying to myself grandpa mom i made it for you i made it back so yes i felt like that's where I should be. And that's who I am. And they've accepted me as part of their own. And they've, they have rolled out the red carpet for me, when I go, it's unbelievable that I feel like that I owe it to them. Like I'm so grateful to them that they allow me to be part of that. But they're like, no, no, we love you. You, you were the first one to come here and want to do something about us, about Sicily. And I'm blown away by it. And, and I, I go back, I went back for 11 years in a row. Wow. I planned to buy a property there, but obviously with the pandemic, I can't do it, but I also, I'm working on my citizenship there. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to be getting some papers in the next two weeks. So I'm excited about, it. so, uh, yeah, I felt like you said, I felt like I belonged and that. My, my veins bleed Sicilian red, brother. I'm, I'm, that's <laughs> in my heart and my soul, really. So
0: no, I'm excited to watch that. No, when that'll be, out, I'll definitely watch it and I'll definitely put it in the notes. So another thing, I always like to ask people this question because when you know, I don't know if it's like Bruce Springsteen's like uh, glory days, but like when you're in the greatest moment of your life, when you don't know that you're in it until you leave it, did you have like the wherewithal like when you were in these early movies or to like keep things like scripts and everything?
1: You know, I don't have scripts, but what I do have, and I gotta be honest with you, with the loss of my mom, right, it made me really think differently in life because her. I have, a, I have a video memory. Like I remember every little specific detail. So every situation that's happened to me that I felt like you just said, like there was this defining moment, I remember so clearly like a bell. I mean like really clear crystal clear. So, I have remnants of certain things like posters and stuff, but cool. the memory for me is so crystal clear, it's like this thing, like this video that plays in my head constantly. You know, like I don't have the bonsai tree that Mr. Miyagi gave me uh that died. Um, you know, there's a few things I, you know, the t-shirt I still have, a poster. Um, but but mostly the memories are really really vivid for me. Yeah, that's good. And I can recall them on a moment's notice. As you can see, yeah
0: <laughs> and one thing i just thought of i interviewed this actress uh well now yeah, she's a writer she wrote like a few netflix movies her name is tiffany paulson does that sure, name her? sure. she was one of she yeah because she auditioned for uh hillary Swank's role i she, know her she, i think i think I like the read final oh cool
1: i think i read with her There was like three or four girls
0: yeah she said she was she made it down she was actually there was another movie before that i don't think it was buffy another hillary swank movie she was up for the role again because i guess they had a similar look
1: wow so yeah is she not is she a gymnast or any sort was she a gymnast or some sort
0: no i don't think so she was in friday the 13th part eight that's why i interviewed her and then in the conversation she mentioned that i'm
1: like yeah sequel yeah sequel part eight that's not a sequel that's a long that's a long that's eight sequel
0: that was the that was the best one because it was in manhattan but it was really there you go in vancouver except like five minutes in Times Square.
1: That's crazy. No, I, you know, I, like I said, I met a few other, other girls that were there. Um, I probably met Tiffany. If I yeah. didn't, if I did, Tiffany, hello. And, uh, you know, yeah, you, you meet so many people. You know, I was so nervous. I probably don't remember oh remember names. You know, I was sweating half the time thinking, did I get this part? But yeah. uh, that's great. That's
0: fantastic. You have a guy like Jerry Weintraub, you know, I'd be wow. sweating bullets knowing. You know, what he did way before that point, you know, he was working on movies in the 60s, 70s, like big time movies. So,
1: dude, he was a legendary. I mean, no, yeah. you know, he took us to I never forget. We went to on July 4th weekend, the whole cast. We went to Kenny Bunkport, Maine. Wow. Right. And we met the Bush family. He's very he was very close to the Bush family. George Sr. Because he was, you know, I think Jerry at the time was a Republican. So he was a donor and stuff. It was a trip. It was a trip. And, you know, he knows, he knows so many people who come to the set. You're like, wow. And it's funny. Oh, I have a story. One of the guys, actually, R.J. Lewis, who's a producer, R.J., I just touched base with him. He's at my friend's restaurant in California, and he's my up in host. Uh, my friend's talking to him, this and that. And he's telling him, he goes, uh, and he tells him, R.J. saying I worked on this. He goes, my friend's in that. He goes, no. And he goes, Michael, I love Michael. So I pulled out a picture of, of him and his, myself and his son when I was training for the bull ring and I have it, I'm going to send it to him. I just pulled it out. Isn't that crazy? So those are some of the things that I have. It's that. Incredible. So I'm actually going to call him. I haven't spoken to him yet, but wow. It's memories, man. Memories. It's cool, man.
0: And you'll keep yeah. making them, you know, people keep finding this movie. It's cool that it had that second or third life, you know, with, the, with the Cobra Kai.
1: I want to say Douglas, thank you so much because without you and the other guys, I really, I really, really am grateful that you would take the time to, to speak with me. You made me have some nostalgic moments today. And I, I really appreciate it because without you guys, I always say, where would I be? Well, you know, who would I talk to? Who who would bring me to all these people out there? So I, I'm grateful for that. Thank you so much. And you're like somebody I know for 30 years now. I feel like we're, we're good friends. So stay hey. in touch with me, please.
0: Oh, no, definitely, dude. And then maybe if the world's, you know, the pandemic's done. November, maybe a parade. I think the Yankees are going to do it this year.
1: Listen, if I come back. Oh, dude, definitely. Listen, I wish you well. You're fantastic. I hope your daughter doesn't hate me. (laughs) No, she won't.
0: (laughs) She's only two now, so I'm not going to show her just
1: yet. She'll hate me in 10 years.
0: Yeah. When this movie comes out, I'll time it. So this comes out like a week or two before and then yeah. I'll do my best on social media, man. I appreciate no, it. No,
1: you're awesome. You're awesome, man. Just to spend the time with you and I hope you enjoyed it. And I'm glad you like showdown. Will you send me that picture? Yeah, totally. I don't have that picture.
0: I took it from the movie. I, I watched I went on the movie and just screenshot it, but uh, yeah. Send,
1: send it to me. It looks like reservoir dog. Just hilarious. That part's the best. Yeah. And if you talk to any other guys, tell them I said hello. Oh right. no, no, it'd be fun to reach out to those guys, but no, this is the
0: best part because this is when you guys beat the crap out of Matthew, or he already said he wasn't going to talk to Christine Taylor anymore.
1: So, so this way, why don't you have a uh, try to get us on? We'll all do it together. I oh, know that'd be cool. I'll try that. You, ever, you know, I did another movie, I don't know if you saw it with Don Wilson, Don the Dragon Wilson, another yeah. martial yeah. arts. You should watch no, it. Really, yeah, yeah, Don has been in like you know, so many of these, uh, you know, small movies. So, I played this character. It's hilarious, though. It's funny. What's I mean, the name uh, of that one? It's called Soft Target. See, I don't think that's on your IMDb, maybe. Yeah. And also, also, aka Crooked. Look, at, I have some good scenes in there. Some really great scenes. It's fun. Awesome, man. Enjoy the rest of your night. Thank you, brother. Ciao, ciao. Thank you for having me. Take care, bud. Bye. Bye. Meet me at the docks, McGowan.
0: <laughs> man, what a way to end an interview. Meet me at the docks, McGowan. Just shows how much love he has for a role that he played, you know, 27 years ago. And I love seeing that. I love passion, and I love talking to Michael. So don't forget, Retinato the movie, May 8th. I'll put the website and the Instagram in the notes. And don't forget, your homework is to watch the next Karate Kid. It's on Netflix, and... I got to say, it's an experience. Watching it with a you know sequel glasses on and really diving in, it's just insane. Michael Ironside is just insane, but you're going to love it, and our discussion of it is amazing. So again, don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast, follow us on all social media at sequelsonly, and don't forget to check out our website, sequelsonly.com.
1: Good night.